Hey everyone, welcome back to Keeping Up with the Chaldeans. I'm Junior Bindu along with my co-host Anthony Toma and today we're kicking off our show with a little different angle than what we normally do. Today we brought a uh, panel of five uh, unique guests, each one with their own knowledge and experience in the addiction and opiate crisis that we face in our community along with the nation right now currently. Today, so you know as viewers, we're here to talk about the biggest elephant in the room, not only in our community, but through other homes throughout you know, the country. It just seems to be that the uh, whole stigma behind addiction is just level to say when it's drug addiction, it's such a dirty thing for you to look at. But it's, it's not just that. We're just here to talk about addiction as a broad generalization. It's just any type of it is just not good. Today, we have five guests that each have experienced in their own way uh, through, these, through these problems that we're facing. So we're gonna lead into our first guest to tell you who he is and explain a little bit about himself until we get to our fifth guest. Good to have you on, everyone. Thank you, Junior. Thanks. Hi, everybody. Uh, I'm Rami Jamil. Uh, I am uh, 28 years old. Uh, I'm a former heroin addict. I believe that I'm a recovered addict. Uh, I spent uh, years in isolation to get myself better. I now am 28 years old. I got into drugs at the age of 14. Uh, it was all fun, smoking weed right? Taking ecstasy, getting to the next level, going to rehabs, meeting people, getting into heroin. So by 19, got out of it. By the, time it. by the time I got out of my rehab and behavioral modification, two years later, I was 21. Now seven years later, 28. Um, have a family, two beautiful girls, and I had the opportunity to, uh, God rest his soul, show my uh, have my dad see his first grandchild. So God bless. God bless. That was, that was awesome. Dunya? Hi, so my name is Dunya Birish. I work at Care of Southeastern Michigan. I'm a social worker by degree. Um, really, our mission and my mission in the community is to talk about this as much as we can, reduce stigma, try and come up with solutions in the community, um, and that only happens if we kind of come together and talk about this problem. Thank you. Lieutenant Mario. Lieutenant Mario Bastianelli with the Sterling Heights Police Department. Uh, currently, I'm in charge of um, different aspects of the police department, but part of it is Community Service Bureau. I'm also the president of the Sterling Heights Drug Free Coalition, which is a nonprofit uh, with Sterling Heights. I work with CARE very closely, and we provide uh, education resources uh, for any substance abuse issues in the community. Awesome, thank you. Stephanie Nofar. Hi, uh, my name is Stephanie Nofar. I'm a clinical therapist. I have my own private practice in Sterling Heights um, called Hope and Counseling. I specialize in addictions, um, but I also see all general mental health. Thank you. And Ryda Calvet. Hi, my name is Roddy Calvet. I am Brandon Calvet's mom that passed away due to struggling with drugs. Okay, thank you. Thank you. And it's awesome to have each and every one of you on. It's awesome to have you on, not for the, the circumstances you face, because we can't categorize that as awesome, but it's awesome that you guys have the power to do what you do every day, to wake up every day, to be able to, um, to handle what you do. One, being on the side of the fence that you're on, you know, or were on, both in what you faced and now you're a road to recovery. Parents especially. And, and, and parents especially. You know, what, what they deal as a whole, right? You three have your own dealings that you see every day. It's got, it's, it, you know, it can take its toll. It's not the easiest thing that you guys get to see and work with every day. We commend you because you have put the time and the effort to save lives. That's huge. You know, that's a big thing. 
Um, what I'd like to talk about is from your aspect of how things began, what started this whole process for you, and what began the road to recovery for you as an individual, and then we'll lead into what you guys offer and some of the help that you know that, that you guys give as a community. Certainly. Um, so it all started a long time ago, right? Uh, we, you know, I, I'm talking to hopefully a lot of people that grew up like myself. Um, and you know, we grew up in a little bit of a different, I'm a first generation person, so our parents were a little different, right? So I'll take you back a little further. My dad married my mom in 1989 or 90 and brought her here from Baghdad. My dad had been here since the 70s. Sure. So I was raised Arabic as a first language. I was a good kid, right? Everything was fine. We moved from Southfield to West Bloomfield. We used to work at the liquor store with my dad. He was my hero, my God. My mom was the greatest mom in the world. Uh, best parents. However, I will tell you one thing, and this is nothing against parents at all. I love my parents. They're the greatest in the world. But we have to say what's, what, what it is, because I spent two years learning the behavioral modification process, going up the steps to learn what I needed to do to have the structure and understand the exact reason why I did it and how not to ever do it again and how to become successful. So I went to a place called Habilitat, it's the school of survival. Uh, a good friend of mine uh, had sent, had told uh, my mom had met him, and he sent me there. Um, one way ticket, one way ticket. Went with my dad. I tried to leave immediately. Immediately, I tried to leave. Sure. Because I had gotten into heroin by 19. You know, it was 14 to 19. It was just smoking weed, ecstasy pills. You know, and 50, 60 narcos a day, and then shooting up 15, 16 times a day at the age of 18 to 19, which is way too much. Uh, and insane. My arms were black, each, each, each vein, like each vein down, you know, you have three sure. main veins. Horrible. I'm just a kid. Uh, I believe I had a lot of pressure on me. I was told you can be a doctor, lawyer, garbage man. I'm sure a lot of people have been told that. I believe that um, there were some things where, you know, Pops is at Doha till 3 a.m., you don't see them. That's kind of tough, you know, you want someone to come to a basketball game for you. Those things are important. We have to be involved with our kids a lot. It's, it's a different generation now, it's sure. a different world. Um, we have to know what they're doing. We have to be really with their friends. We gotta be on the PTA. I, I remember at Our Lady of Refuge, the PTA, no one's Chaldean parents were there. Sure. No one's there. I went there, no, so I, I know what you're saying. I remember, I rem I rem I remember and I remember St. Mary's too, it's the funniest thing. I like, went they there never, too. I went there, yeah, yeah, so you went there too, you get it. So it's just like, so, it's just, so that has a lot to do with it because at that pivotal point when you're 16, and then you're experimenting, and you took the E, and you haven't gotten to the, the Vikings yet, or maybe you just took two, right? But you, you could channel that, 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 that addictive behavior. I call it a personality, sure. right? So that personality itself, what, what it is, it can be channeled into something. So take you fast forward to where I was at, uh, 10,000 10, miles away, most mm -hmm. isolated place in the world, sure. Hawaii, Oahu. Sounds great, right? Yep. Sounds beautiful. It is beautiful to look at outside, but this place is horrible. It's a nightmare. It's actually, um, it's, there's probably about 115 people. It doesn't cost money. It's not a, it's not, it's, it's, it's a, not a place that teaches, it's a disease. Um, and I'll get into that a little bit later. I know that there are things that, that, that are in the brain and whatnot. I get that. Um, and it's a place that sincerely teaches you structure and kicks your ass uh, and makes you take accountability for all of your actions. You do not blame anyone but yourself. Like I said earlier, we, have, we were having a conversation. Nobody puts a gun to your head. Nobody does. We all make our decisions. Some might be harder than others. Sure. It might take more restraint, but there are ways to learn that. So 
question for you, Rami. Yeah. But just take a step back. At this point in time, were your parents aware of what was going on? Did they get wind of it? Yeah. What What was it you told them, or did they start seeing signs? Because let's they be knew. real, our first we're first generation. Some of our parents weren't accustomed to what signs to look for because they they weren't evolved yet enough to understand. You know what was? What they probably was, thought it was more weed, uh, okay. especially right. Yeah. Like yep. especially when I got into the heroin, fall asleep on the couch, right? Sure. Like, you know that not out, whatever. Yep. Probably they thought that, but then no, my cousins did tell. Like I told my aunt, I asked my parents for help. I went to rehab a few times. Okay. I went to Maple Grove at eighteen. So real quick before at you get to that, you yeah. asked for help. Yeah. Reaction was what? Because that's reaction the hardest was, part. It's more emotional than it is logical. So what was the reaction? I mean, it was embarrassing. My mom's a pharmacist, you know, and she knew exactly what the hell I was doing. You know, sure. I took one of her fentanyl patches when she had a freaking lumbar fusion surgery. Sure. What a crazy thing. Uh, so, <laughs> I mean, it's just... And fentanyl is a highly addictive... Yeah, pain, I was already... Pain, pain killer, but it's more... It's an elephant tranquilizer, if I'm not mistaken, mm -hmm. right? If it, if you guys just want to just touch on the fentanyl really yeah, quick. Yeah, so I yeah. would say the fentanyl that's laced with heroin is yes. not the same as the fentanyl sure. that is right. over the, in the pharmacy or given at hospitals. Okay. It's mm -hmm. two different things. The fentanyl on the streets that's laced in heroin is yes. synthetic, okay. um, and that's what's like really causing people to, to continue to overdose. The, the stuff that the hospital gives you is... Yep. Totally different. Thank yes. you for clarifying. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And to this day, I still will not touch an opiate because I know how addictive it is. Sure. And that is the one that, like, it really is extremely addictive. Do I have some beers once in a while? I do. I'm a recovered addict. I make decisions. Sure. Right? I have a family. I own two homes. I've, I had a job at Quicken uh, for eight years now. I do my own mortgage thing. And I became this man because of that program. And that program, what they did to us was not let us see our parents. Put us in bunk beds with other guys that were there to get out of a program called Hope, right? We've got uh, programs like Hope, uh, not handcuffs, right? Yep. Uh, which is awesome. So these guys would have 10 year sentences for something called ICE, right? It's meth. They're tatted up, face to toe, and you're, you know, you and 10 other people from Utah or wherever are, you know, uh, there for yep. heroin, right? Yep. So I'm, I'm there. Um, my dad left. He didn't let me come back and leave. They shave your head immediately. They humilify you. They humiliate you humiliate you, bring you down to earth. Because I had a lot of confidence, you know? Yeah. You think you're a big deal. Your dad gets you a Maxima when you're 18. You think you're all that. Your dad's got a store. I can have money. You know what I mean? Like, it's just you have this stupid, so you're getting, you're getting stupid, tough love. stupid, stupid mindset. You're yes. getting tough love from this facility. Extreme tough okay. love. And my parents couldn't give that to me, no matter what. Sure. They, just, they love me too much. It's too hard. I couldn't do it to my two daughters. Right. I couldn't. Right. And someone else needed to tell me how big of a piece of shit I was. And I needed to learn that every why, why, day. Why do you feel? Why do you feel? Quote: You were a piece of shit. Let's. And the reason I say that is, be, and, and and I don't mean to say like, okay, you're being hard on yourself, but you we, we from the outside don't. I don't want to perceive somebody sitting across from me. As, I just look at it. Well, I was. Okay. And you have to. You got to take accountability. You have to be as as accountable as possible. Because if you're not, then you're not taking it seriously. Because I was. I stole one of my mom's diamond. Uh, necklaces, I remember uh, uh, pawning it off. I mean, it was beautiful. I remember crying. Huh? Did you ever overdose? You know what? I don't know. I think my body was made for it. I was doing 1.5 grams a day. I've watched friends overdose. I've accidentally, I've introduced it to some friends. It's horrible. Sure. After, after I came home, there was a kid that was a friend of mine. Um, he was he was gone, right? Wow. And and not and just recently, a friend of mine that uh, you know I had met is gone now too. Sure. Um, so. Essentially, what it is, is restructuring your brain. Right. Channeling that behavior to something else. Sure. And not being in your same environment. 
So what I went through was very tough. It was four hours and a half of sleep a night. Um, the first six months, you're just cleaning around. You can't talk to girls. You can't talk to your parents till six months. Um, and, and you're just in bunk, gel bunk beds upstairs. Sure. You gotta get up at a certain time, aerobics, this and that. And then they, they, what they do is they got me into like, uh, after six months, you get to, into re-entry into the world. But you're with people, so you're not really doing anything right. besides in, you're going in a truck and whether you're doing masonry or landscaping, mm -hmm. whatever it is, that's where they assign you to. That's how they make their money. And we did Christmas tree sales in December. We actually okay. did uh, Barack Obama's Christmas tree. I remember nice. it was like 50 feet long. Yeah, because he lived in Kaneohe, and we were uh, Kailua, and we were Kaneohe by a Marine Corps base, which was which was cool. That was one of the cool things. Um, and then you know, I just uh, I, I moved my way up, moved my way up. It was very hard, you know. I miss my family a lot. Still, I still love my I love my parents very much. Like sure. I remember crying, calling my girlfriend at the time. And my mom was at home when I was going to, uh, before Habilitat, uh, I was 18, 19. I said, Deanna, I, I just took all these cottons, old ones, just to try to like, you know, get a little high network and please take me to Maple Grove mm -hmm. and call my mom and tell her. So I went there and then right after that, you know, like I was just one way ticket to Hawaii. Um, Did you have communication with family while you were there, or were, you, were they just making you disassociate from everything and uh, everything and anything to do with back home? A ten-minute phone call after six months being there, and then I get to see my parents uh, twice just on my birthdays. And is that needed? Is uh, that needed? The, se it, the separation. It, it, I'm saying, is it needed in, in recovery? It, it is. It is absolutely Why? needed uh, because your parents cannot. They, they unconditionally love you. I unconditionally love my children. I will die sure. for my child. Sure. Right. Just like my parents. I'm, as you have said that a million times, please God take my life instead of sure. my child, right? Sure. I would say that right now if it was my child. So it's very hard to to do it um, if you're not proactive when they're at a young age. Depends how old they are. Right. If they're 18, 19, 20, no, they're gonna have to need to go somewhere to get their ass kicked and sure. go far away. And it can't be a, it can't be an easy program where hey, you know what? It's a disease and you may relapse. No, like no, you you cannot relapse. Sure. Stick with something. No. I think also when when Brandon used to go to rehab and we would have visitation rights, but we wouldn't go visit him only because I know he would ask us, I want to come home or we want to come home because, sure. you know, mm -hmm. that I think that's why yeah. maybe your parents wouldn't come or they They wouldn't. did. No, no, they came they as did. much I'm as sorry. they could. They did. They weren't allowed. They weren't allowed, and, yeah, that's, yeah. Why, and that's, yeah. why that's why the facilities would not do that. Of course, the second time you I left after that, they came. You, you as a mom, do you, do you recommend staying away and I, let the work just be I, done? I do. I do recommend okay. that because as a mother, sure, you would want to, you know, when you see your child yeah. struggling yeah. and, you know, mom, yeah. please, even on the phone, yeah. when you would talk to them, you know, mom, I want to come home. Mom, yeah. they don't, you know, you start feeling sorry for them, you know. You know, food. They're or, giving you. you what, know, what I've been like, told is they're, they're they're giving you. You're giving them. There's a reason that you're being given now to okay it. Yeah. Okay. You're saying okay. You know, it's my son, and I'm looking from a different perspective. We're gonna work it. We're gonna help him out. I I've been I've been in a friend situation, but with kids, I mean, I, I, it's different. You guys have that blood bond, you know, yeah. so it's a different... And they get angry, and if you don't go visit, oh, you had this weekend to come visit us, you didn't come, you don't love me. And but that's okay, that's, though, right? That's okay. And, and coming they try from to you, make you feel, you know... And coming from you, who's experienced it, who's alive today to be able to say it, yeah. is that okay? Is that okay for us as friends to abandon you? Is it okay? We're Absolutely. not abandoning you. Absolutely. We're, we're, we're Absolutely. walking away for the moment. You they, are who you surround yourself with, right? Sure. They so who are you surrounding yourself with when you're doing drugs? So at the end of the day, absolutely. And yeah, my cousins did tell on me and I'm glad they did. 
And uh, my parents already knew, but I just, the severity of it was good. The, when people did tell on me, and yeah. Um, a lot of people knew because it was, I was, you know, one of the first people to, this was like 2009, yeah. and I was just a little kid, sure. you know, and I was already yeah. doing heroin, you know, it was yeah. insane, yeah. right? Uh, but so any of you want to help us yeah. unpack yeah. what's yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. unpacking what, 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 yeah. what, yeah. I'll get back to it. My thought, um, and one of the things that we tell parents and families and stuff like that is, just like the addict is addicted to the drug, you're addicted to that person and mm. addicted to saving them. and. Every single time when they want, yeah, taking yeah. care of them, all these different things, like we fall into that, and it doesn't matter if it's drugs or whatever it is. Sure. You're you're addicted to that person, and yes. so you need to take a step back and think, like, what is it that I need to do for myself so they can get better? Because okay. the only time families get healthy is when, or when the addict gets healthy, is is when the family does. Mm -hmm. And so it's it's good to have unconditional love. There's nothing sure. wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with picking up the phone. There is something wrong, maybe, or something to think about is, am I paying their phone bill? Yep. Am, I, you know, am I enabling those behaviors? But there's nothing wrong with, with picking up or, or love or different things like that. And opening up. That's yeah. a hard part we have mm -hmm. in our community. And, and, and Lieutenant Mario touched on that you know, early, and we'll get into that. But it's such a quiet thing that we don't want to speak about. And I want to touch on that because addiction is addiction, which is what we talked about earlier. It doesn't matter if a classification is, say, because I stick a needle in my arm or I put $100,000 down on a table to gamble, yeah. you have a problem, okay? And the severity of the problem, you can't say, oh, because this one's going to lead to I, I, I'm a piece of shit or I just don't care about everybody around me. Your addiction leads to some destruction, any which way possible. You gamble, you can lose your family, you can lose your kids' meals, the clothes on their back, a house. That's destruction. You're, you're now breaking down something you built, right? So and even if you're destroying yourself, yes. in turn, you are destroying your families, mm -hmm. your parents, your whole you know, around around you. everyone that loves you is still mm -hmm. gonna, it's still, you know, it's, it's a part of suffering. So from them. the both of you who deal with this and, 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 and deal with your own sides of whether you're organizing to help on a community level or if you're dealing with hope and counseling, with on the two of you, with what he's saying, walk away is that what you like what what do you guys recommend then in these cases how do parents brothers sisters how do how do you deal with that like for what what, what do you do on that side of the fence well i definitely think that there's multiple pathways to recovery it's, it's relative you know like there really is multiple pathways um certain people that worked for him and for other people that might not work right for example if we have someone who's 40 years old that has a family he can't not work he can't do all these different things maybe medicated assisted treatment mm -hmm. is something that sure. will work for him because um, he can't go away at 19 to another country to get help of course. everybody has like a different pathway and I think that's one of the things that we have to take into consideration um, and most families yeah. go through a whole lot of different ways. You know, yes. there's there's never just like one way. Right, case by know? case, we exactly. would say. Exactly. Some people re like respond mm -hmm. really well to tough love. Some people don't at all. And then so you have to show them that softer love. It depends or, on the person. Yeah. It really depends on the person. Exactly. And if they're 15, 16 smoking weed, I would just say, you know what, mom, dad, spend time with them all day. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then you, you could probably fix it right there. Which is Lieutenant right. Mario, can you bring something to the... Yeah, what I would say, I'm listening to you guys, it's interesting to get your perspective on stuff, but I think a lot of the problem also, I think, with your community is I don't think you guys realize the resources that are out there. I don't, I don't think just with your community, but the community in general, right? Yep. I'm, I'm finding being on this side of, 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 the, um, of the table of the police department of doing the community outreach stuff is that people aren't truly aware of what's out there and or in your community 
of realizing that the police department, we're here to help you, right? right. So anytime that you guys know of somebody that may be selling some kind of drugs or narcotics that are affecting your community, or you have a family member that overdoses, and we come to your we come to your house to help you or help your loved one, instead of maybe you know not saying anything or putting up that that wall of barrier that hey we're we're embarrassed and we don't want to provide any information to the police department, you realize you're only you're you only hurt yourself and your own community because these are the people that are affecting your community, right? Sure. You want to get your loved one into in, into some get help one way or another, right? Sure. But you have information already there. A lot of times you know who they're buying the drugs from. Yes. A lot of times you know where they're going to get their drugs, right? Yep. Yep. You can provide that information to the police department and it can stay confidential. That's the biggest thing you guys mm -hmm. realize. It can be confidential. Sure. This whole stigma that you'll be a snitch if you don't tell something to the police department yep. or if you do say something, you work with the police. You're only doing yourself a, a disjustice, right? Yes. Well, and our future, like our future kids, our future loved ones, yeah. like we are still keeping those things out there. But I guess the one thing I really want to explain to your, your, your listeners and to you guys is that this doesn't just affect your community, sure. not just the Chaldeans. No. It's no. everyone. It's every city. Yes. It affects everyone. Yes. You know? And with us impacting the police department, we do everything we can. We're not just about uh, going out and arresting people, right? People that have an addiction. We're not just about, we're just going to go throw you in jail. We want to get you help. We want to get you resources, right? We want to go after the people that are selling this, this poison to, to our public, sure. right? It affects everybody. So with the police department, Sterling, and what I think I want to get across is that we, we do this as like kind of a two-pronged approach. That's where we've kind of attacked this problem, right? Uh -huh. One thing is we have our enforcement side. We have our undercover officers that are out there trying to go after the, the people that are selling drugs, sure. right? We have that. We have officers that are assigned to federal agencies. They're doing the same thing on a bigger scale, going after the people that are selling. On the other aspect, we, we realize, look, every police department is a little bit different, how they, what resources they have to provide. It's a very taxing problem. This is a very expensive problem for cities to deal with. Still a main priority. Sure. So with Sterling Heights Police Department, the other prong of attack is providing resources and education. So we do the Sterling Heights Drug Free Coalition, which is providing the resources and education, letting people, you know, educating them, hey, these resources are out here for help. Right. You can come to us. You can come to our meetings. Our, our, our meetings with the coalition are open to the public. Anyone can come, mm -hmm. learn, be a part of it, right? Big thing with the Sterling Heights Drug Free Coalition, our saying is, be a part of the solution. Sure. So, but that takes people to be involved. Right. You can't you can't sit back and say, oh well, so it's somebody else's problem. They can fix it. No, it's everybody's problem. Because mm -hmm. at some point in time, and I say this to my officers also, and I keep them kind of in, in check with this, is that it may not be on your doorstep today. Besides what we do on our law, you know, with yeah. law enforcement, we deal with it every day. People overdose and everything else. But wait till it hits you personally, it's or it's someone that you know, yeah. your loved one, your change. family, yep. and that kind of puts things. It changes. Sure. And that makes sense, right? Because it's coming. Right. At the end of the day, Absolutely. somehow, some way, it's yeah. coming. And and I want to touch on two things that you said. One is, as law enforcement, people really tend to not realize what you guys do. Uh, they're just arresting people or they're writing tickets. Bullshit. You guys have um, started programs that I learned about four years ago, Hopes Not Handcuffs, okay, yes. which I commend you guys for it. Um, started by FAN, which is Families Against Narcotics. Yes. Um, and, and the program is based to say, we don't just want to lock you up anymore. We now have the mental understanding that like we've got to deal with you on a mindset here, not handcuffs, not put you and lock you in jail. Because all you're doing is when, from what I've understood, because I've had family and I had one we just lost a week, a week ago, but when you put them in jail, your addiction is still there, right? Your cravings are still there. 
So it's either sometimes you can even get them when you're in jail. Like, you know, there's no denying it because their stuff still infiltrates the jail cells and gets in there, right? Absolutely. Guys would leave our program to go back to jail and just say, screw it. Big, tough looking guys. Yeah. Because they're going to get their message. They're going to be able to get in there because sometimes, you know, it was able. But not to put that stigma behind. Let's Crazy. talk about the good side is that Hope's Not Handcuffs helps the community by dealing with the problem. Not by masking it, throwing them in jail, and thinking that's going to solve the problem. You know. Let me touch on that. So, Hopes on Handcuffs is a great program, right? Yes. But it's a um, it's a great program. It's through Fan Families sure. Against Narcotics, and every there's a lot of police not every not every police department, but a lot of police forces are involved in this program. Yes. Where somebody, if they're looking for help, what they do is they come into the police department. Yep. They say, "Look, I have an addiction. I want to get some help," and then we facilitate that connection with fan and hopes on handcuffs and then they get put into a rehabilitation place. Sure. That's great. It's fantastic. It's a, it was a great first step. But the problem I think we're feeling with this is we're, we're being reactive and not proactive, right? Mm -hmm. Being proactive when there's a problem. So everyone's learning with this. Fan, care, the police departments, fire departments. So now what we're implementing in a, and we're, we're learning off of other states that have, had, have been hit with a, a more severe uh, epidemic as it's affecting everyone. but. They've already started programs in different states to being proactive. So what we're actually currently doing, we're putting together right now as we speak, and it's through FAN, they obtained a, um, a grant, a federal grant, mm -hmm. that uh, puts together a team. It's a police officer, a nurse, and a peer recovery coach. And what we do is now after somebody overdoses, right, as of a month ago, the police department, we didn't do anything, right? Mm -hmm. Somebody overdosed, we bring them back from one overdose, we take them to the hospital, mm -hmm. Say, so see you later. They go off to the hospital. Maybe they get resources from the hospitals. Maybe they don't. From our aspect, we, don't, we wouldn't do anything. We'd see you on the next overdose. Sure. Mm -hmm. Or with the coalition, the nonprofit, we're trying to provide information, but not directly to the person who's addicted to drugs. Right. So what we're doing is we're implementing a program which is starting next month, and we'll be going out anytime that there's an overdose. Within 72 hours, we're going to have this team. It's a police officer, a nurse, and a peer recovery coach, and we're going to go and make contact with that person. And we're going to try to get them into rehabilitation immediately and show them, like, look, they had that, that, that close of an encounter of dying, right? Yep. So that's what we're hoping that what's been affecting the other states is that these, um, um, these people are scared, right? They sure. almost died. Their families realize that it's. I think it's the most it's the best chance of the. It's the best time to get them into rehabilitation. Because they don't have time to think. So yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna be implementing that, and we and we're a pilot program at Sterling Heights and Warren. Sure. So we're working with FAN. We're the only two departments in the state of Michigan that are doing this. Okay. If it, if it's if it's successful, which I'm sure it's gonna be, it's gonna blow up. So um, we're probably just with Dwyer over there. Yeah, Dwyer and and my and I'll be honest with you, it's my chief that's that's pushing this, Chief Dwojkowski. Nice. He is very much pro proactive and progressive in new programming, okay, and, and implementing new things outside the box of the police department to help our community. We're huge. I'll tell you, this is a big part of my chief. We are huge in participating and working mm -hmm. with uh, the Chaldean Community Foundation. Sure. Outstanding, yep. right? We want to get in your community. Sure. Every which way possible. But we also so, need us to reciprocate to be yes. active yeah, to get in. Absolutely. It's not just like yeah. Lieutenant Mario and Ryder went and put an event together and six people show up. <laughs> it's the whole problem again. Literally it's back, like people. you said, sure. it's the elephant in the room. Nobody wants to talk about it, right? A um, couple things I've been paying attention to. One, um, the Detroit News had written an article. There's a new system that's tracking opiate use um, through the country that they're doing. It started out in New York right now. Um, it's basically saying, like, okay, so when if you overdose 
or if you're going into these prescriptions and multiple uses, it's tracking to know the behavior, almost a way of an algorithm that can predict if it's possible this person's going to, it's going to happen again to them by their patterns, by things that they're going through. So they're implementing certain things that could try to catch this ahead because one thing I've, I've learned is, listen, have I faced it? Not slightly. I mean, I lost my arm, so I went through you know opiate use for about 45 days of my life, and thank God I was able to wean off it. But what I did understand and learn is we make it look so good when we do these things, but technically we're a ticking time bomb inside It's what it is. And somebody has to somewhat identify that you're going through this, but by these events that you're doing, stuff that you guys are doing, stuff that these women are doing, by you being out there, it's to help us identify to get to that. That's what I want to talk about to get to, before they get to your situation, before you're getting that overdose call, you two women, along with Ryder, if you guys can give us some of the signs, the ramp up, how is it getting to the community? How is this stuff coming in from Mexico? Is any of the synthetic being produced over here in the United States? How is it infiltrating? Because let's be real here, okay? There isn't a black person sitting here on this panel, okay? It's infiltrated that community for a long time. It's nothing new to them. It's nothing new to the African-American community in, 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 in what we call the hood, okay, or, or their community. But it's affecting suburbs now. So all of a sudden now it's a big widespread deal because it's affecting us, but it's been there. So how has it started to make its way in? And, and what are the signs that show that you know we're, we're, it's happening in your own home? So if any of you want to touch on that. I think that uh, parents and like friends, family, I think that they see a change in people, mm. but we don't want to admit it. Mm -hmm. And I think, and I'm sure it's not just our community, but I think that the true addiction is that everybody just wants to not feel. So if something makes you feel good, we're going to mm -hmm. go with it. It doesn't matter what it is. You know, and I think that a lot of parents don't want to admit that they see a change in their child, that they see that they're getting into trouble, or they're coming home late, or they're lazy, or... You know, they're, they don't have the same drive for life as they used to, or, you know, they're acting irrational or angry or whatever it might be. Sure. And a lot of people are just not, they don't want to admit it because if they admit it, then they have mm -hmm. to do something about it. So we used to have counseling in school, mm -hmm. which would help a lot of these students with these situations. How does the schools identify it? Because sometimes the parents are working and so busy, they're limited to what they see their, ch their children for school the time. counselors can only do so much too. Sure. You know, they have a whole school. In your home, you have a child or two or three, even five, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. Like, we have to be the ones that identify this stuff, and we have to do something about it. You know, I think that it starts at home because the school can only identify so much. Sure. And even when they do identify it, they're going to come to you as a parent anyway. Sure. So, you know, they, they can't slap something out of your hand. You know, yep. schools are very limited now, especially with, like, everyone just being so hyper aware of everything that teachers or schools do or... Anybody, you know, touches your child, looks at them the wrong way, and, you know, they're on the news. Yeah, just the Ruth, just the Ruth used to hit us. Yeah. <laughs> so, I used to get the kafkir when I did it. Yeah. It was just that I know, just law enforcement. You would get a call today if that kafkir was used. Oh, Our Lady of Refuge yeah. didn't care. Oh, trust yeah. me. I had it done in first grade. She squatted with the ruler on my hand, but the kafkir is a, it's, it's, it's a metal spoon, a big one. Yeah. And when we got home, we were out of control. We were getting whacked on the tush for that, you know what I'm saying? But so that's it's also like, not happening that much yeah, anymore. No, well, not to say it was a good thing. Not, Let's listen. Are not disciplining work. their children as as much as sure. we because they're so scared of yeah. you know, they 
Sure. I would sure. say too, another thing with the schools is a lot of time before it like gets on anyone's radar, is kind of at the point where it's gotten out of control. Mm -hmm. Maybe, you know, really realistically, we don't see kids using opioids and heroin at, in, at high school age. Statistically, mm -hmm. like we just don't, we don't see that reporting a lot. Mm -hmm. But marijuana usage, and maybe Cigarettes, like other things alcohol, like vaping. Vaping, yeah. yep. So, well, a lot of question, times real quick, with, just, yeah. for real, just on that and then go into it, but yeah. usually I get my wisdom teeth pulled or I used to get braces and stuff done in high school or, pre, yeah. or right, right at the beginning of it. And usually what comes after that, because I remember from my experience was, we're going to give them four Vicodins for only the prescription right now. And then after that, if you want to get them to Tylenol and all that stuff. So it's surprising not to hear as much happening in high school. You well, know because I mean? parents are usually monitoring that. They're giving you that medication yeah. and you're getting your wisdom teeth mm -hmm. pulled. You're, you're not, you don't just have the bottle in your room. And one thing that I think about a lot when I started doing this work is the availability of opioids when I was in high school was so much more than it like is now, at least inside homes, because there's better prescribing practices. Um, right. Dentists aren't giving 30-day prescriptions anymore. Like organizations like CARE and Families Against Narcotics really advocated on, okay, we have to do better. So that's why like we've seen this transition to heroin with people that were long-term opioid users. Sure. Um, just to kind of touch back on the school stuff, um, one of the things that I do see a lot in our community, especially with young kids, is, like I said, the problem, before we, before we address it, it gets like so bad to the point where kids are not doing good in school. They have to go to alternative school. Um, all the, they, they change their How friends. How young? What ages are these you're talking about? I, I honestly... Like what, what ages? Those kids between, be those 15 to 17, yeah. I think those are like really... We need a new program. That window. Because yeah. these rehabs will be the worst thing for them. They'll walk in and walk out way worse. Yeah. I did it. So we My need new programs. We need new programs. My son has walked out of two times. I know. Times. Like me. And, I met, and you meet, you, some, you, and you meet somebody see, else. Do you see that, high school then, students? Then that's when you do heroin. <laughs> do you see high school students that you get calls on from the schools? Do you get any of this from the parents? And if you do, like, what, what's your reaction? Because... Obviously, they're in that molding stage, you know what I'm saying? They're pre-18, so everything okay. is still sensitive at that Got point. Yeah, I mean, we see drug use, and it's okay. nothing new, right? It's been going on for a long sure. time. Yes, Kids in, in, in high school, they're experimenting with different types of drugs. Yeah, absolutely, we deal with it all the time. I think the thing is, it's not and it's not getting to them in high school. It's getting, into, getting to them when they're in elementary school. Yeah. And, and grinding that message into them, this is bad, this is bad, this is bad. And that's another thing that we do with the police department, we do this. It's a newer program. It's called Smart Moves, and uh, CARE is a big part of that. And uh, it teaches, you know, it's fifth, sixth grade of kids before going to middle school, and it, it's hitting on all sorts of different issues, social media, bullying, um, drugs, Huge. vaping, all these things that kids are dealing with now that maybe so much we didn't deal with when we were in elementary right. school going to middle school. They had dare, but dare's old no. school. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't no, work as yeah. good. No. Something's better than nothing, but we are, we are trying to do different things now, right? Times change. I agree so with that. So it's getting to the kids when, when they're a lot younger and getting that message sunk in their head that this is bad. You don't want to go down this reason. You don't want to go on this road for these reasons. Sure. And implementing that at that age, hitting them at high school is too late. The message has to be consistent all the way sure. through. Sure. Yes. Yeah. And you got to so. spend time. That's where it go with the PTA too, right? Like be involved with your kids all the time. Be at the PTA, be at their basketball games, play with them, do as much as you can. And if they get to that, and I'm be, here's my opinion, if they get to heroin as an opiate or like 100 milligrams or more of hydrocodone, oxycodone a day, yep. 
they're gone. They have to go somewhere else. Sure. The chances, you know what the chances are? It's like 0.1% survival. They're not going to survive with assistance to a doctor and still come home. It's not going to work. Sure. If they're that age, boot camp, boot camp, boot camp. It has to be some type of extreme consequence. And I tr trust me, humans can survive it. Well, Lieutenant Mario made a very strong point. Funding is, is scarce. It's not as readily as it used to be. Nancy Reagan was huge in that back in the day. She's what per, um, pushed the agenda of drugs are bad, say no to drugs. She was heavy, heavy into that. Then followed the, this is your brain, this is your brain on drugs. They used to crack the egg on a frying pan to show all that. Or yeah, you, you saw the, the, the guy and his buddy smoking pot. I used to watch cartoons and see this. That's what I'm saying yeah. to you. The messages aren't conveyed like they were back then. I'd be watching cartoons and the two buddies would be smoking pot. You know, now it's so socially accepted, but back then it was still the same message as to say, you smoke it, the guy was probably in his like 40s, 50s, and he's, his mom's calling from the kitchen, he starts waving and tells his buddy, open the window, mom's, mom's calling, you know, and it was the message that like, like, it doesn't lead to something good, right? So we don't have those sources as much. We don't have the sources for mental health hospitals and mental health cases as much too, which drugs, drug addiction can lead from a lot of mental cases. You know, mm -hmm. you come home, you're from a depressed situation, you've mm -hmm. lost a mom, you've lost a dad, anything possible, bullied, right? So what's your situation? You start turning to this, you're resorting. Remember, it's not just, oh, I picked up heroin and shot the needle. You're at the grocery store, you're buying a can of whippets or a can of like, you know, whip the, the, the whipped cream and yeah. you're doing that and getting high off that. <laughs> So does that mean, oh, he's clean because he was just having fun for 30 seconds? Hell no. You're doing something that's altering your brain. You're doing something that could lead into the next thing. Because at the end of the day, we, we'll talk about heroin, but to say, again, I haven't used it ever, but I've used pain pills, which can say are comparable to it. Similar. Your body searches for that first high over and over, and it's stuck looking to crave for that every time. It's like, I felt so good, holy cow. It's like, man, I'm not feeling pain for about you know an hour. And it's like, but then when you take your second and third, it's not the same. By the time 45 days later, when I was using after losing my arm, I had to go do shots of Hennessy and drink in order for this to become effective. They were having me on Vicodins, Percocets, Tylenol 3s, Tylenol 4s, morphine. 45 days, I looked down, I was like, shit, you're nasty looking and smell like hell. Get off of it, you don't wanna do this. So I, I got myself off of it, but again, people aren't so lucky. People aren't so lucky. Not everybody, as you guys see in, in your situation, is going to walk away from it. Support is a big thing. It's not coming from financial uh, money going towards um, spearheading these campaigns. You said it. You guys are doing this either one out of the, the kindness of, of your heart and the jobs that you guys do because you see this. You don't want to keep going to these phone calls, keep going to these overdoses and stuff. You know. How do we get that back again? How do we get that support from government support for this? Is there stuff that we can do or do look at support from us as a community and say, we're here to do these events to raise money. So if I whatever money I raise, it's going to Sterling Heights Police Department because they're doing a hell of a job and we're giving them resources to continue doing. Where does this funds come from? You own your own office. You work for, a, for, for, for an organization. Mm -hmm. you know, so what do you guys do? How do you keep it funding? How do you keep it going? You know, Because it's needed, right? So if any of you can touch on that, you know, if any of you have any insight, I, I mean. Well, I can tell you from the police department, I mean, we do get funding federally and stuff like that. But, there, you know, politicians are behind it also. You know, there has to be funding that comes from the state and federal level that uh, helps support these programs, that helps pay for officers and different, you know, like I said, sure. different programs in the community. Also, the people in your community can also donate. 
Look, there's a lot of ways you can help out with this problem. Yep. You can donate to organizations, Strong Drug Free Coalition, other nonprofit organizations, CARE, FAN. They need funding. Yes. That funding can come from anywhere. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. You want to help? You can fund. If you can, if you can't, if you can't be there in person because of your family or your job, you know, responsibilities, you can. There's other ways to help out with this this problem, right? Sure. We can all contribute some way, some yep. form or fashion. Yep. So that's what I would say. What do you see from the citizens? What do you expect from us as citizens to give? What kind of help can we constantly give? I know the phone calls you said we can call in and if we find somebody who's doing wrong in our backyard, pick up the phone and let you guys know. But what? Yeah. Are, what? Are, how can we come? Not just you said because I just want to say this for the record. It's not just the Chaldean community. Right. A lot of the Chaldeans are very close to the Illich family, you know, because of doing business in Detroit. The daughter just put out. A, bit, a program because they lost their son. So it doesn't matter if you if you're sitting in multi-million dollar mansions and money and all that there, or if you're broke from the slums and have nothing. It, 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 it's not. Listen, it, it affects everybody. There's no prejudice when it comes to this. So again, you can volunteer your time. You can volunteer your time with different events that happen. Sure. You can donate money. I mean, there's there's other ways of trying to go after this thing. And would you agree, Daniel? Yeah, I think another thing too is there is a bit of a myth that yes. um, you can't get into treatment without money. There's funds for treatment. Mm -hmm. people, yeah, there's so, there's so many different avenues that people can take. If you're uninsured, if you're underinsured, if you have private insurance, mm -hmm. there's options what out are, there. What are some yep. of those options? So like, for, for example, um, Mario talked about Hope Not Handcuffs, and pretty much the same avenue is if you are insured by like state-funded um, insurance or like Medicaid, Medicare, Medicaid, mm -hmm. um, uninsured, you can call the access line through sure. any of your, like through Macomb County, through Wayne, um, through Oakland County, and they can get you connected to services for treatment. Okay. And um, most of those will, they, there's a for no cost. Yeah, they're, they're funded. And things like that. Um, and so that, I just, I think there's a little bit of a myth. And sometimes I've also like heard within the community that people have been told like, oh, if you don't have like, Ten thousand dollars, twenty thousand dollars, whatever. People probably pay way more than that to send people to treatment. I don't even yep. know. No. Yeah. yeah, I remember my parents. You know that that their kids aren't going to get help. Sure, um, that's not true. And it's a myth. So, how, so before we lose yeah. that, can you do you have a few uh, resources that you could share with the viewers in regards to people getting help? Yeah. Well, we we work a lot, like I said, with nonprofits like Care and Families Against Narcotics and Hope Sign Handcuffs. These, these are the nonprofits that can provide yes. this treatment without any insurance and minimal cost. So we work very closely with these nonprofits. Sure. And how do they find them is the question. So at my first, at my first approach, you know, Lieutenant Mario's, you know, the, the police department first, do I walk in there? Or are you setting up organ, community events and stuff for people to say, we've got this, this, and this going on? Like, what's what's the approach to finding you I guys? Think, I think right now, especially, like, our churches have a lot of resources. Sure. Like, people in our community, like, there are so many more therapists, way more people that are, you know, involved in all of this that really you shouldn't be able to turn a corner without sure. having that, like, that so you're saying if, if we go to our church, they should have some information Yeah, I mean, I personally, us. and myself and Dunya, have, have given resources to, you know, we had a, a little who, meeting with... Who do we work with, and who do you work with in the church so we can present them so people know? Is there a particular, is there a woman or a man that they deal with? Do they call up St. Thomas, or 
When you say church, because we have so many You can call any of the priests. The priests have resources. I mean, I, I personally have sent them a list of all Chaldean therapists. Okay. Um, I've given them lists of rehab centers. Yep. And I'm glad what you just said. Yeah. So you're a Chaldean woman, so people can feel comfortable to either visit you. Yes. Dunya is Chaldean, but also Dunya works with facilities that are non-Chaldean. So if they we feel have like non-Chaldean therapists in my perfect. office as That's well. What, yep. But also people have to understand that, like, put your pride aside. Sure. Your gossip, we can call it, or your life or whatever is not worth my license, not worth my private practice. Well, go beyond that. You know, let, it let, let, let there be shame, mm -hmm. and I'd rather be shameful temporary than to have my family member in a pine box that's six feet in the ground is no longer temporary. Absolutely. By the way, we're all Americans. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But, but in yes, reality, right. like, there is no shame involved because I can't come and tell you who I've seen today. Sure. I, I've had situations where my own But mother, I'm feeling shameful to come to yeah. you and say, I, I'm ready to open. It's okay for me to be shameful for the moment yeah, because absolutely. I would rather live and own. have a great quality of life knowing that I saved so-and-so or, or that my own. My own butt was safe from and this we've even you know, had, problem. We've even had a lot more people, um, like parents of people who have an addiction, who will come to therapy yeah. just to get some some skills, some, to understand. some uh, yeah, understanding, they have some they resources, have out there. whatever kudos, it may to those be. Parents. You know, like if they can't get their child to come in, they are coming in. Like you need to do whatever it takes, you know. And and you were talking about the the funding and stuff. Yes, you can get a lot of this help for a little or no cost. But at the same time, we're spending money on the dumbest things ever. Yeah. But we're not willing to put that money into sure. the real things. You're yep. talking about us as a community. Yeah, we're absolutely. Money on it. What's unreal, though, is the program I went to doesn't cost anything. Mm -hmm. Like, how come that's not here? What I understood is that our government, if, it, if we don't label it as disease, we cannot have those facilities here. I think it's more of a crisis right now. So we need something not like that. Not just a disease. We need it, something like that. Why not? Epidemic. What's wrong with that? It's but an here's the problem sure. with that. Even if we had it here, because it's not there, there. it's okay. It's not gonna all do... the way up north in a compound. Well, 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 so yeah. I you know, to, it's to, okay. To touch, on, well, to touch on what she said, I, yeah. I, I, um, I commend that statement for this reason from personal experience, okay? So a family member was lost, like again, a week ago. We lost him in our community. He was addicted for about a good 10 years. Parent, parents did what they did. You know, some of them are lucky. You say, wow, because you're right, because you think, oh, I'm supposed to just do this hot dose, and I just got started, and I'm supposed to die six months after doing this. No, this, this shit can really go on that oh, long. Absolutely. So everybody's getting burned out right now. Every family member, every friend. So our friend, after the parents pulled out, our friend spent the money, sent him to Florida to go recover, did things, helped out, paid, and all that. As much as he tried to help, he... The guy got out, the buddy bought a moped for him, and literally within hours, Dade County already called and said, listen, the moped's registered under your name. Mm -hmm. He just got picked up for buying crack cocaine from Dade County. We've got to get him back in. And it's like, he's back in there, right? You gotta take the hard road. And he made that point to me when I said, but my buddy spent about $50,000 on this guy. Of course, like, the easy road. Let's go to this spa in Arizona. But so, so, so he says, but he's enabling him. So I didn't yeah. understand that. So when I called up my friend, I said, did you know you were enabling him by doing so? And I said, I just understood why from somebody's perspective. And he said, yeah, you know how I learned that? When the last case was, this is the situation, he's going back to jail or whatever it is, it was, I can't get off of this. I love the hookers and I love heroin, I love the high. I'm telling you straight up, I'm not getting off of it, okay? He doesn't want change. He didn't want change, 
you know, and, and, and gets out of jail. And then a little after he gets out of jail, he took a hot dose. To what you're saying, it was, it was not fentanyl from the counter. It was something laced with fentanyl. Can someone explain what a hot dose is yes. to our viewers? Uh, hot, uh, yeah, you guessed it. A hot dose is like, you know, uh, heroin back then didn't have this much fentanyl, but now fentanyl, this uh, really, synthetic. really synthetic mm -hmm. fentanyl, they're putting it in the heroin, so when people shoot up, it's just killing them right away. Because heroin really, you can overdose from it, but it doesn't like instantly kill you the way that fentanyl will. And like right now, I'm, what I'm hearing, it's like 90% of it. A lot, not just heroin. Sure. Yeah, and it's the compounding. Just to tell people yeah. out there, why is, not why is just even heroin. Big Xanax bars are having fentanyl. Everything. In it. Yep. That's yeah. what I'm so, hearing. So I mean, what it is is just so the viewers know is, it's it's. And I'll just throw this. I'll use me as an example. I'm at home. I picked up these powders and stuff, and I'm all of a sudden a, a freaking pharmacist. So mm -hmm. I'm taking them, putting them in, compounding the bills, cop pills. Putting it in, compounding the bill, pills. I'm doing this with my own leisure, knowing, knowing like, do I really know how much fentanyl that I put in this dose, or do I really know how much is this? And it's not, if I'm not mistaken, it's not just taking that, it's breaking and crushing that pill down, and when you snort it, or when you even ingest it, it's got it in there, and it's, it's a wrap from that. At, at right, the, so why is the fentanyl so dangerous? Why, why the synthetic it? part, so. To I say, the fentanyl is, is hundreds of times stronger than heroin itself. So what they do is these drug dealers are, are not dumb, right? They want you to keep coming back. Yep. Mm -hmm. They want you to be they slice a little bit of it. So your high is gonna be that much more when they uh -huh. put the fentanyl in it. Problem is when people are getting the heroin, thinking they're getting the heroin, they're getting the fentanyl also. Stop. So then stop, they hit stop. themselves with it. Immediately they overdose because they think they're getting the amount of heroin they did before. Well they're getting the fentanyl, however which way it might be, yeah. shoot it, snort it, how eat it, they all sorts of ways that they take it. And then they end up overdosing on it, not realizing what they're getting. And the, sure. and the, and the so you know, the drug dealers want you to keep coming back. You take the same heroin, right? It's not in the Everything same effect. Everything's stopped yeah, You're on craving for more. Pure. You're searching craving for, for more. more. You, want, you want even a, a better high, yeah, right? Yes. So uh, that's why. And, 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 and you're getting clean and they're in recovery and then they're they're going out for that one yep. that one high, not yep. realizing that they are not going to take what they did at their worst. Yeah. yeah. And so that's what's also happening too is that that one high could be costing their, oh, them yeah. their lives. Now, the last six months, I didn't get high. Mm -hmm. let's, let, let, let's talk about the, 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 the... I had to do it. And do your body craves it. it. Your receptor starts looking move. for it. That's the thing. Your body has receptors which start craving for this. couldn't move. From their standpoint, their job is 10 times harder now, or 100 times harder, because that stuff can be floating in the room or they're grabbing it out of somebody's pocket. It's on his fingers now. His situation now is increased in, 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 in possibly overdosing because, you know, before they used to worry about, do you have a needle in your pocket? Now it's like, what's in your pocket? Mm -hmm. Generally, you know, that powder can get into it. Even Narcan, if I'm not mistaken, sometimes it's not even enough to be able to recover off that OD quick enough because the amount in there. So like, a, like, explain to people how much grams can be in the room floating just to be able to get an overdose oh. from it. It can be, the, I mean, we, we don't even go there. Sure. Our officers, we try to take the, the most safety precautions we yep. can. We, don't, we will not get in contact with heroin or anything nowadays sure. um, because officers have overdosed yeah. and died believe that? because of it, going Jesus to scenes. Christ. So um, we do the best we can to be as safe as we can. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, it's, it's part of the, the risk of the, the yeah, profession. Yeah, good job. I have been stuck with a, a, a drug user's uh, needle before. It is not enjoyable, I'll tell you. Yeah. All right? Uh, the stress that it brings upon you and your family. Wow. Sure. Or somebody who has hepatitis C, yep. you know, from using using heroin. That's what it was. Yep. 
Yep. Uh, I'll tell you, it's, it's not fun. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, what you have to do as an officer for treatment after that is very stressful on yourself and your sure. family. But again, risk of the job. Uh, yep. We do the, everything we can to, to you know, take the safety precautions. You were talking about Narcan. I think that's something that our community definitely needs to, to be learn made aware about. of. Yes. Um, I think we need it in our homes and our. What is it? Explain what it is first. Um, I mean, it's. You guys can probably explain it a little bit better, but I you know you do the training and yeah. stuff, so go ahead. So yeah. basically, what it is is it is a injection, either to the, like a nasal injection. So can like. You just repeat what we're talking about. So we're talking Narcan. about Narcan, Narcan. and um, yeah. it is a drug that is used to. Not completely, it doesn't reverse an overdose, but it pulls someone out of an overdose with enough time so that we can get them to a hospital. So they literally are coding, dying, yep. Yep. and they come back to life. And um, it's a very scary scene for yeah, Brandon. Right away. They did that for Brandon. Really? In our home, yeah. How many times did he overdose? Just curious. That, that was his first time. Okay, okay. First and. Okay, yep. No, and that's good. how they brought him back. Was that Narcan? Um, so, so it can be injected through the nose, like a flow nase, or there's also like um, an intravenous like way. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, was there like back in the days you just hit the heart? Is it the same? Like like? No, it's not. No, it's like, like it almost looks like an afferent. It almost looks like an afferent thing. Yep. Yeah. The Narcan. Yeah. But okay. You can get it like that, like okay. afferent, like you know. It's or, a nasal spray. Yeah. Nasal so just yeah. to get in your bloodstream yeah. quickly, so that it just shocks into the, is it the heart. The opioids off the receptors, so that way. You can be pulled out of the overdose, start breathing again, your respiratory system starts. Get the ambulance coming and then get the ambulance. So that's get what happens when an overdose it. happens is that your receptors are, are starting to go haywire and starting to block things, stop things. Actually, like shutting down. Yeah. Shutting down. That's what they, yeah. wow. So what opioids do is they, they like slow everything down. So sure. your breaths start to get slower and slower and slower until eventually you're not breathing anymore. Wow. Yeah. So you know what's crazy about what you just said? Um, people think that taking like opiates and smoking cannabis is okay even if people mm. who are people who are actually i got a good story for that well, well they think like okay well I, i'm recovering from a you know broken or whatever it is surgery so i'm taking these but i'm also a cannabis smoker what some people don't know is what the two do to each other you have your heart rate and your breathing starts competing for one another and when the competition starts happening that's when you slip into your coma or you go out like that because your heart's weak and it can't handle it so everyone thinks, oh, because it's just this, you're doing this, and that's given to me over the counter that I can mix the two. What people don't get people is you, a lot you have the mixture is also a problem of what goes on today to be doing this to that. And again, it's it's not just to say opiates. You've got alcohol is a big problem, too, in our community because drinking is not a great thing, too. You can drink heavily, and then all of a sudden, if you stop cold turkey, you die. You know, some people don't yeah, know that. the one thing that can kill you. Well, Amy, Wayne, I mean, Amy Winehouse right. is a perfect example. She was a great star. She drank every day. Doctor said, don't stop drinking. Go. You can't go cold turkey. But that also is in regards to doing things like Xanax. Thing, you know, so that's why I, I yeah. want to talk about, you know, Narcan is one thing, but also the effects of the muse, mis, misuse of mixing drugs together is heavy, too. Why? Mm -hmm. Gives you a high, you're feeling good, you know? So I, I, I don't want to get off of yeah. Narcan uh, yeah, yet, right. but what I want to tell you about is this. I've been on many of overdoses, and I'm yes. telling you, it's a horrible scene. It's a horrible scene for the family. Uh, if you have somebody that's addicted to some kind of narcotics and there's a chance they're going to overdose, you do not want them to go through this. It's traumatic on them, it's traumatic on the family. Sure. I've literally seen people where, I, where uh, if it wasn't for the use of Narcan, they were dead. They were dead on the scene. Wow. And all, since, you know, you know, we, we're, we're doing, like I said, the police department, fire departments, we're doing everything we can to be proactive in nonprofit organizations. 
We as a police department, every officer carries a kit, has Narcan in. Many of our officers, they go on, we get there before the fire department a lot of times, we give them the Narcan, it helps to, to revive them and so they survive. But a big part of the also, now we're pushing the community, anybody can be trained in Narcan and get Narcan. How do they obtain it? So well, the same. doing a bunch right now at Beaumont. Yeah, we do, we do, there's trainings, Narcan <laughs> trainings. They're through not the nonprofits who care, Strong Drug Free Coalition through FAN. Uh, the hospitals will do it. Yep, and we will give these. It's free. You come out. Sure. Mm -hmm. We teach you how to do it. You get your own kit. You take it with you. So if anyone wants Narcan, yes, um, I will give you my contact information. They can contact me or just contact Care directly. Sure. We train families on how to use it. It's quick. It's easy, and it's free. Yep. Anytime we train someone, they can get Narcan for free. And then following that, if they use their Narcan, mm -hmm. we'll give them more Narcan. Sure. So sure. feel free. And it's and concerning though that still seems it could be an enabling thing over and over. But here's the thing though with that, and I hear that all the time. I hear it from actually officers say the same thing. We'll keep giving Narcan to keep overdosing. Here's a fact though. If you don't give them that opportunity to be yeah. to be survived to, yeah. to, to recover, yeah, right? They're gone anyway. They're they're yeah. gone. There's no there's so no you don't even know the chance of the right. The opportunity know? to get recovery, recovery right? Yes. To get into recovery and get yes. help. Yes. Right? So there's always a chance. I so this. having that is, is a good thing. I've seen this thing online about Narcan that said um, the only thing that Narcan enables is breathing. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. you know. And that's wrong because somebody said yeah. to me, because I told them that somebody passed away from an addiction of, of, of uh, you know, narcotics, that they want to come to. People always want to shit on you. Yeah. Like, like yeah. you know, no offense, but it's just because they want to stigmatize it as it's dirty. So is everything else. Right. So is your addiction to sex, which can lead to diseases and other problems too. So could your gambling. So could other things. You know what I'm saying? So well, it's about what is accepted in, in society, right? Yeah. In, in your culture, uh, in your guys' culture, yeah. it's it's a, it's a shame, right? Yeah, it's and a, it's looked down upon. Yes, it's like any other addiction. You said gambling, all these other things. That's accepted amongst your people. So you guys are like, well, he has that problem. Well, we can get him help. Yeah. Why not be this the same way? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, tell you, so true. A lot of a lot of a lot of times I'll tell you when we go out and deal with families are just like, well, we don't want to talk about it or we want to keep it all everything hush hush. It's like, yeah, and it's wrong. But we're also entering a new phase. Yeah. I mean, you're here right now. Right. That, that in itself is. Well, that's what we want to do. The biggest step that we can take in the right direction. That's that was the point of this was. You have five different angles here. You got two co-hosts that can be able to talk about. It. I mean, he's got kids, so he's going to have to learn and see and deal with as he's raising his kids now. You know, I don't have kids. I got nieces and nephews. The shit ton of worries that goes through my head day in and day out. You know, I can imagine what I would do if it was my own. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I know what kind of thought I put into them. We've had your guys's perspective on things. We've had persons gone through it used it to help, the help, the help. Now we, we, we want to talk about when the help is there and when the help can't, can't help, wh where does it get to? You know, Ryda, you've got to hear, you know, four people. You've dealt with the three. You know, I, I don't, you've dealt with Stephanie before, but I'm pretty sure the three of you have been somewhere, somehow, a part of Ryda's life. Um, Ryda, you know, you're, you're a great friend and family to me, okay? You've always been, well, yeah, like a sister to me. So. You know, when things happened, we were there to support it at first four years ago, I believe it was, um, when, what, three or four years ago, Brandon passed? Or, or two and a two, half two, I'm sorry, getting back. two and a half years. We first talked about it. We had George, your brother, come on and, and talk about it to the community. It was one of the biggest hits we had on doing the social media yeah. live that day. When, when Omar, which you've been on the show, it was to bring it to light. We had over 10,000 views. The scary part about it is the follow-up. 
does that mean that many people as 10,000 viewers did what they did to understand and now fix the problem? Probably not. He sees it day in, day out. These two see it day in, day out. We're still part of the problem. Help the viewers know some of your experiences that you had, how you first found out, and when you first found out, what was your first step? Like, were you able to absorb it and say, shit, I gotta help my son or am I gonna keep it quiet? Or, you know, you have a great husband who supports you too. You have your daughters too that were part of this. So let's, let's break it down a little bit. In the beginning, you know, as my husband's a little, you know, old school, sure. and accepted. I am too, know, in our own way. My dad was the same way. Yep. Yeah, That's he's like, oh, he can stop, no. he can do it. It's yep. over Old school or not as a parent. Oh, my yeah, dad was crying to yes. my mom. Yes. But as, you know, a stigma, her, and, you know, it's hard, you know. He could stop right away. He could just wake up and stop. And um, Yeah, no, I get it. In my experience, sure. how I found out, you know, everybody's different. Every attitude, you know, yep. just like probably, you know, your parents found out, um, keeping away from family, um, dozing off, mm -hmm. uh, you know, he... Um, like, did you accept that? You start that? to get reckless. Yeah, and you start yeah. to see people. His you anger, see spoons. You see the, his you see, yes. attitude. You, see the, yes. you know, yep. like, I would say something to him, he would snap at us. Uh, sure. His distance from us. And it was just, you know, me and my husband were talking. I'm like, you know, something's, yeah. something's off about him, something. Right. You know, we would say, no, he's stressed out, you know, his, you know, business, you know, whatever. So I just kept on getting worse and I kept on, you know, elevating. Yep. And to us, it's common. I know a lot of people know him, but how old was he at the time? Um, 23. 23. 23. Okay. So it doesn't, and I tell people this, it doesn't have to start, and me and Junia had yeah. multiple conversations. You know, it doesn't have to start in high school. It doesn't have yep. to start in middle school. You have to always, your child is always going to be your child, whether sure. he's 23, Absolutely. 26, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. And she knew him in high school. She correct? did. She okay. wanted, like, Brandon yep. was a year older than me, but just like everyone loved Brandon. Yep. He got along with everyone. Like, it didn't matter who it was. He was, Listen, honestly, like the coolest kid. No offense to the yeah. Calbats side. But he was an Avro. The Avros are very charismatic, uppity up fam. Listen, they, they are. I've been around you guys for for twenty five years, twenty six years of my life with um with your siblings and everything too. So when I found out, it was a twist to me, because as much as I know your brothers and as much as as then as she's saying, he you guys are how, like your families. You're always it was it was it was it was awful. So, make a long story short, moving, you know, a little yep. bit forward, it just kept on getting worse, and we knew it was bad, and I would, we would confront him. Oh, no, you don't know what you're talking about, Mom. You don't know what you're talking about, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, I went in his room. We started snooping, found some stuff. They're not mine. They're my friends. Sure. Blah, blah, blah. You know how it goes. Of course. In denial. His dad would talk to him. You need to stop. Okay, I'm going to stop. Okay, I'm going to stop. Attitude, everything got worse, sleeping habits, staying up all night, sure. brackets, arguments. Did any friends come around to you at this time? You know, Did, and anybody they start separating from different friends and making new yeah. friends. Sure. Mm -hmm. the United Absolutely. Well, the same so, is. You sleep with yeah. dogs, you wake up with fleas, right? Right. Yeah. So his old friends, it's hard to explain. Like his old friends, he makes new friends sure. with, you know. Yeah, you are who you surround yourself with. Yeah. You surround yourself with. Yep. Yeah. I called a, uh, so it just kept on getting worse and sleepless nights. I called a 1-800 number. They helped me. I, we contacted an interventionist. Okay. Which does what? 
he basically comes and talks to the addict mm -hmm. to take him to a rehab center. Okay. So this was all new to me. Sure. Because we thought if we talked to him, there's no way he's going to go. Of course. If I talk to one of his uncles, cousins, sisters, mm -hmm. it's a stigma. He's going to be ashamed. He's going to be embarrassed. Sure. Why did you tell family? Why did you tell this person? Why did you? I'm sure you've been yeah, through all this, you know? So I said, so I flew out a gentleman that wasn't a uh, recovering addict. He was amazing. It was early morning mm -hmm. um, in August. Uh, you do the letter thing. I don't know if you're familiar with an no. interventionist. No. You so want to give us a little life? You write a letter, like, write basically a letter. of what they've done, you know. And everybody speaks. And yeah, like, I've, like I've, had, I've had a few of them. The, the person facing the addiction writes the letter. No, no, no. Or, no. Your, or family, your family yeah. writing the letter so to what So you get had. a few people that are close to you. Brandon writes a letter to Brandon why they want him, him to recover to, to go to get better. Sure. So the gentleman Matt um, mm -hmm. woke him up. He was sleeping. We all gathered in the living room. And how about this? We never got to the letter. Brandon wanted to get up and go. Really? Yeah. He wasn't for it. He was in for it. We flew him out to Palm Springs. Mm -hmm. He stayed there, and that was that was the that was the first time. Okay, that you guys sent him to a recovery for uh, therapy, right? To a rehab, a rehab center. Okay, and 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 how long was he there for? Thirty. He did a full thirty days. Okay. We didn't go visit him. That's when I spoke. We sure. could go visit him. Sure. Yeah. We could have flew off there. What is it? They gotta be. They have yeah. To be like six we cut off. Yeah. But we were warned, you know, don't go see him, yeah. you know, if they ask. We don't because, you yeah. know, he would call and be like, you're not coming to visit me. You sure. don't love me. You don't this. Would you have standing today? Would, would you and Bassam, would you guys have let it further than 30 days? Do you think 30 was not enough? It's never going to. It wasn't enough. Okay. No. Not close. Just no. because the reason I'm saying this it's to you, you're, you're the voice of, of the next parent's ears. It's not enough. Okay? You're the, you're the voice to let the community know that I experienced this as a mother, I went through this, and there is some things that I would probably do better today if I could. I, or just differently. Or just differently, just, I'm sorry, I've not better, done, let me rephrase, you know I'm sorry. I think I did everything and more for my child. I know that and God knows that. Sure. I did a lot. Okay. Okay, do you I think that I could? Knew you, I wish I knew you guys then. <laughs> I really did. I did a lot. Like, you, you, you know what's I big did. about that statement? I wish people like, well, well, that's huge really do. because, so. That's what we're here for. Yes, because listen, just because I was an addict, I've gone through some points of depression and stuff like that. But I've now to be Your able life to. Life continues still it, to be and, hard. But you got to face that and accept yes. that to say, yes. you know what, I was depressed at some point. And you know what, Rami, could, Rami is depressed and, 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 and his mom just reached out to me and says, can you just come give him a hand? And it's okay to, because it's okay for me to say, you know what, Rami, I did go through depression. I did go through these problems. So to have somebody like this to say, I did go through this, and I'm here to support you. Because there's two sides here, the user and the person dealing with it, okay? And, and they have to know, like, these addicts need support. Mm -hmm. you in what way? In every way. I, I don't know, as a mother, I just think you, you need to be there for that child or that brother or that sister. Or, and don't belittle them and don't... You know, call them names and don't. But do you ever feel like so you have to cut them off at a point, though? Like, is there a point you where can you still you do that lovingly? Yeah, How? exactly. Thank you. I mean, you can show like when he would call or say, you know, you guys don't love, like. We love you so much that we can't come and visit you. Yeah, well, that's why it's that treatment. So it's, yeah. it's tough without treatment, right? Absolutely. So, is there a formula for 
you know, I've been on drugs this long. How long is there? Is there like a be going to rehab for this long type of thing? Like every is person it, is gonna. Everyone's different, but I'm telling you, there's no way opiates you could get over it in under six months. It's not your head won't be normal. Is it just because it of do besides your head and your brain, your, your, your dopamine receptors are it's different? Half yeah. burnt. Yeah, it is, and, and and wait, and then to piggyback on, it, it is different. I mean, I could say, thirty days was enough or was it depends on the person yeah some people sure. 30 days was enough I mean but does that change the behavior of that person you know what because it's a personality I mean, it, dep- it depends on the behavior. I mean Brandon sometimes was a functional addict there's functional addicts oh, he absolutely. was a functional addict people don't believe in that but there was days my husband would be like he's awesome like, and I'll be like no he's not and it would be an argument between mm-hmm. me and my husband yeah, you course. know one of my dogs would be like I think Brandon's on something and I'd be like no, he, I was always in denial. Were you blinded by the yeah. love of your, your kid? That's why. Absolutely, your child is perfect in your like eyes. My parents. So aren't there are, are there just like are there it. stages? So there's the you get you get on an opioid and then the you know, there's there's the there's the parents yeah. and then there's the there, there's there's the denial and then denial. there's aren't there are there stages throughout this process yeah. recovery? So so there's getting hooked and then going through the process. And then hopefully freeing yourself of it. Is there a pattern or something you guys can share with us to help us paint a picture? I think it's so different for everybody, honestly, um, because some people can can go to rehab and mm-hmm. they can be on their path of recovery for a really like, long time. People that have like and, done heroin for thirty days yeah. and recovered. Not maybe not. Not a chance. Days, go go to a rehab and they'll tell you the chances well, are 03 percent if, if you are a heroin addict. But my point 100%. is, it's just the the. the they'll tell you that. The path is very different for everybody. It mm-hmm. also depends on when you've started. You know, depending mm-hmm. on like where your brain development was at that time, or sure. you know, things like that. There's just so so much involved that I don't think that there's like a very specific path. I think that what is what is some behavior though? But Isn't I know a, a heroin addict that went to a rehab and he's married now and he and he's been me too and clean <laughs> for well, how, well, three years. Where did he go to rehab? I, I don't I, I How don't know. How long did he spend? What was long. the sacrifice? Lieutenant Martin, I just want to say something here. Like we're, I think you're, we're getting caught up in the, the time frame. Yep. Yeah, there is yeah. no time yeah. frame. You're, you're muddying the waters. The fact is that if anybody's willing to go to rehabilitation mm-hmm. for 30 days, six months, three matter. years, yeah, it doesn't matter. You gotta it's, it it's, it's a step in the right direction exactly. of getting out of the addiction, right? Sure. So, so six, however long it was for you, that works for you. That's fantastic, and I'm proud of you for that, man. It's great. But it doesn't necessarily mean that somebody goes for a 30-day isn't going to be clean. My problem, my problem is just that the hate's a disease. I know, but I hate to sell that message to the public. That hey, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, it's 30 like, days isn't going to be enough. Yep. Something's better than No, yeah, you got to so, ask so for did, help. And Junior, we talked about help. this. When Brandon would tell me, you know what, Mom, I relapsed. I need help. And we would take um, the four-day detox. Harbrokes. Okay, Brandon, if that kept him alive four more days, then you okay. better believe I'm taking him there. That's sure, that's just like what you were just saying right now. If you took their narcotic to give him a chance to breathe and go through the recovery, you're doing it. Yeah. I, yeah, I just don't want the public to think that, that it, exactly. it's not Exactly, that's what I'm no, trying agreed. to say. Yeah, no, I, I think we're right. different for right. people. Yeah. The, the support sure. after, though. Sure. It's like, okay, 30 days, it, you get out, and then usually everyone's like, oh, they're fine. The they look good for a week. I think the message we relay here is... is it doesn't stop at rehab. Exactly. You have to have continue to. on with programming. Right. After. That's what I was yep. trying to get. Everything at. that you do yeah. after rehab, okay. after you detox, after you go through the program, after you're back where in you live, life. what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. So let's what's let's, your structure? Let's That's a good point that you guys are all making. Time-wise and everything, it's great. I come to you. What's my first step with you? 
Well, I do outpatient therapy, so, so I'm, saying, I'm, so, so like I I'm that person, person that you come to after yes. rehab. I'm that person that you're back into the. That's what I'm saying. What's the forward things? progress? What What does Stephanie offer to forward progress me as a recovering addict? What What do I get out of seeing you? I know I've already gotten to Lieutenant Mario because because he gave me the way to go through the you know the rehab rehabilitation. He didn't arrest me. He gave me this uh, you know alternative. Now he said, "Go see Dunya. Go see Stephanie." That's what we can work we're with. What, what, what do I do from there? We're giving people resources, but we're also trying to look deeper too. Like my job is to underlying issues, the underlying pos- issues. Okay. You know, we want to 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 get to the root of it so that sure. it doesn't happen again. Sure. We want to be able to you know process things that maybe you didn't because because you chose that drug to mute all of it. Sure. You know, um, we want to bring all of those things up. It's it's almost like we're preparing you. Super for, important. What's that? Super important for that. Yeah, absolutely. And we're, we're preparing you for the, the event that something does come up and you want to use. No, we want to give you those skills. We want to give you, sure. you know, all that knowledge um, and the support, you know, with the different resources or even just as a therapist, me being that support system for some people um, or realizing that people around you are actually wanting to support you, but you haven't seen it. Sure. Um, you know, but it ha- it's an ongoing thing. A lot of people will come to therapy for you know, three sessions and, and oh, it didn't work. Or they're cured, right? <laughs> yeah, or they're cured. Or they're cured. Yep. But Can therapy we, doesn't oh work Sorry. unless you put the put the work into it. Sure. You know? Nothing Can, does, can right? we speak to the people who have never done drugs and are just in in an environment where they're starting to be introduced to drugs? Because people, you, you have to get started somewhere, right? It may be from a sports injury, it may be from a car accident, could be from anything, but the opioid gets into the system and then you, you form an addiction or you're trying to just get high. So so can we speak to the people who have not gone down that road and, and help them understand the, the damage and the, the why how not? much You'll sacrifice. drama you're gonna to bring yeah. to your whole family and, I think, and everybody. I feel like Ryder can really tell us about yeah. that and you know what Yeah, Ryder, this, you can probably talk about the destruction that it gives a family and what it does to not just his siblings and yourself and your husband, but the entire family, whether it's his uncles, aunts, or whoever it is that's involved. If you can give us a little, uh, how many times did he go into rehab? Yes, like maybe four or five times. Okay. What and was every what, time he did that? What yeah. Did what you was guys go? got worse? Right. Every time. He didn't get worse. He just always wanted help. He just That's hated himself. He, he, he was ashamed of himself. Too. He just, he did, he, he did not want to be this way. As an addict, did you want to be he this way? He wasn't that person. Addicts don't person. want to be this way. Sure. They don't want to be this way. Um, but when he would get, try to get clean, it's just, it's just hard for is, them. Is it true to follow to say addictive personality that lies within the family is just a trait that will be passed on from Generation to generation. I don't believe. I don't believe in that. I don't believe. Well, you in don't that. have it in your household, so it was it was new for me to yeah. see. Yeah. So I I don't I just I this me it was somebody that introduced it to him. And he liked mm-hmm. it. And he liked it. Right, he but liked so before it. that, so he'd never tried it before, but then no. he tried it. So how? It takes one time. I get that. Anything so what's the message? Did you try it before I, rehab or after rehab? 
Like, did he ever do opiates before and then... Of course, that's how it started. And then it was heroin after rehab. It started with opiates. Lieutenant Mario said, you've got to start the education in elementary school in order to get young. I get it, so let's talk to those people now. I got worse after rehab each time. We also have to look at, like, mental health. And, you know, I get this a lot. I do a lot of talks at, like, the youth groups and stuff. And some, like, teenagers will come up to me and say, I want to come to therapy, but my parents won't let me. You know, so, like, us... Do you ask them why? Yeah, they, the shame, it's the a shame. It's a shame, absolutely. I hide people in my office. Literally, if I have two mm-hmm. Chaldeans that are going to run into each other in the lobby, I have to put one in another office and put another in another mm-hmm. office until one leaves. So the shame is there. And, and parents, like I tell people, like, if your child wants to go to therapy, if your child wants help, get them help. Sure, yeah. You know, so, because that's really what it comes down to is, like I said, the addiction is feeling good. So when they're not feeling good is when they're at risk of all of these things. Yep. Yep, you're you weak. Know? And mind, your mind can be weak at that time. And after I put Very. my after I put my interview out, when I had mm-hmm. put that out to let, I, I, I masked depression and stuff for over 20 years. Mm-hmm. It's, it's easy to do that because, like I said, you, you, you internally you're a ticking time bomb. But... After that, and it was surprising, and again, this isn't for me to exploit it or whatever. I'm not saying names, but some of your patients reached out to me mm-hmm. and said, do you go see her? Mm-hmm. And I said, no, I think I should, though. I think it's time. You I know. can't tell anyone if you did anyway. No, no, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. I, and I don't have a shame to say that I did. That's the difference. You get yeah. what I'm saying, too? By doing, doing what I did, I opened up. And I think that's the biggest mm-hmm. scare that he brought to our attention was our community got to quit that shit. Listen, again, it's either you teach them and stop them or you let them and enable them and now they're six feet in the ground versus you got to spend Thanksgiving with them. Absolutely. Right? And that's why I tell people, like, you have nothing to lose by allowing your child to come to therapy. You have nothing to lose by admitting that you're struggling with something. Absolutely. What, what, what kind of message as a, as, a, as, a, as a parent can you give the community? To like to other parents. It, it, it's okay to open because... It's okay to open up. It's, I mean... I opened up. Sure. I didn't hide it. could have hit it so very well. Sure. You know. Here's two and a half years later, though. This is your first exposure, real exposure like this. You've it's done. It's not easy. It's still hard. Yep. Of course. Sure. And, and we sympathize no, with you. You know, it's. Listen, I was told this from my, from my cousin. It's, 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 it's a shitty way of saying it, but it's, a, it's, it's in essence a way of looking at it. And again, I'm not a parent. He said. We're not supposed to bury our children. They're supposed right? to bury us. They're supposed to bury us. And he said, I'm not saying this in a, in, in a negative way, but I can replace a wife by getting remarried, but I can never replace my, my children by having another one. Right? So, so that's the message I need people to see why we did this today. It's not just because, oh, we got you guys on. We're going to get ratings. We don't give a shit about ratings on our show. We want messages conveyed. Parents need to be aware. Yes. They need to, no matter what age And it be is, okay with it. And be okay to open up. And be okay to come to, to me. Oh, These to three you, people right here. Educa- or even get a hold go, of Robbie yes, and say, why, me, why, you know, why and, not? But we don't have I this. I think when all you, young boys need, the hard, like I said. Girls and boys. We don't have this magic wand stick, though. You know, that to cure everything. The, <laughs> no, it's not going to go away. No, it's just a hard road. To call Junior, to call Stephanie and say, my child has a problem. Can you come and take them and drag them to a rehab? And fix it. And it's fix not going to be fixed like your this. Your child has to want to go. Your brother, your sister, your your spouse, whoever it is, they have to want the help. Mm-hmm. They have to hit rock bottom, yeah. t- typically, to want mm-hmm. that help. Not be in denial, to be open to help, whichever way it comes. And, and it's not just death, you guys, that it leads to. I want to 
talked to Lieutenant Mario about this. It leads to a lot worse things, not, not than death, but I'm saying just your addiction. Your addiction comes with thieving, breaking and entering, possibly robbing and murdering, just to be able to get it fixed, going into a store to rob, take, get the money at the register. And usually it's yeah, petty crimes. Yeah, victim of any of those y too. Yeah, yeah. It affects like, uh, people in, in yeah. uh, all walks of life. And, uh, and for law enforcement, your millions and millions and millions are, are spent upon trying to uh, deal with this issue, right? Sure. Not only uh, people with addiction, but with the crimes that come with it. Sure. Breaking into homes, victimizing people that have nothing to do with it, right? Sure. And stealing from them or robbing them. Uh, th this was two weekends ago. We had two robberies in one night. It was because they were uh, they were they were drug addicts. Sure. And they were trying to get their fix. Sure. And that's exactly what they did. They robbed somebody. They had, went down, and they went to the place that they uh, they get the drugs. They got and they came back. Yes. They got arrested. They found a way to do it though, and, and they can use that skill and change that behavior to find a way to become sure. successful. Well. Well, 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 I don't know if it's Very, very much so. No, we the, call the, it the use your thing. The thing is with the addiction is that... How'd you get your grandma heroin a day? They're going to do whatever it takes to get their fix. Correct. And they're going to hurt whoever they have to hurt yes. to get their fix. Yes. Including themselves. So, well, including well themselves. To, to say what he's saying is well, we had we had a young man, Ronnie. He was, um, he was my old neighbor, and he broke into our... Grotto, the Chaldean Grotto, and when I'm talking to you about money in there, what, what, what's, what's, you're talking about candle donations. How much money could really be in there? You know, maybe a hundred bucks if that. What, what? <laughs> and I'm sure we, we emptied him out daily, but Still. he he broke into it first time he couldn't get in. He came back in, and I watched people posted the hell out of it on Facebook, right? And this is going to lead to what I want to say because it goes to her son and goes to him, but. It got on Facebook, and I watched that video over a couple of times. I don't know why I did, and I'm like, man, just to see what was this guy doing. I'm trying to look at it, and I said, shit, he's got a mask on. And I looked again, and I said, oh, my God, it's Ronnie. It's my neighbor, right? And I said, I knew the problem because the guy had broke his back a couple about a year before this, a year and a half before this. He was on opiates. He was using them to get the recovery process happening. But he broke into that, and... I felt it wasn't my duty, again, to what you said earlier. I wasn't doing something wrong by calling the police department and telling on him. No. I was trying to save the kid's life. The kid was a great neighbor. He would help my brother who was blind. He would help us with whatever, but it's like he turned because of this drug. And I called up and I had to call a leader of our community because I couldn't get a hold of the lead detective on it. And he made the call and the next morning, there was four cop cars there. They were arresting him. They did what they did. His picture was posted. The hurtful part for me on my side of it to accept it was to let people bash him. He wasn't a loser. He wasn't a piece of shit. He wasn't all the stuff that they were blasting with him on social mm -hmm. media. You guys, I saw it firsthand. He was a great human being that turned bad because of this. He wasn't bad. He himself, what he was using was bad. What it made him do. He got locked up. He went in for a little bit. Well, he came back out, and shortly after he came back out, I pulled up back into our neighborhood, and the place was full of cars. I'm thinking there's a party going on, and my other neighbor says, no, Ronnie died this morning in his sleep. Okay? So I at least tried helping him by getting him to get that help. But again, Lieutenant, from your end of it. So uh, I think that you're, so you're putting that information out there and that, you're, that, that this gentleman got arrested because of the information you provided which is outstanding, good for you for doing that, that you provided that information to law enforcement. The thing is, is that getting arrested sometimes isn't so bad because if some people that are, are hell-bent on not getting help and like, no, I don't need it, I don't want it, yes, that might be the first step in making them realize yeah. I need help. 
Mm-hmm. They get arrested, they go to jail. Agreed. It's not just people don't go to jail and that's it. We're not law enforcement. We don't just shut the door and like, hey, see you later. Right. We want to get people into rehabilitation, get them resources, and that's sure. the time to do it because they're they're in the mix of having a little clearer mindset. Mm-hmm. They're not immediately. They're not on the drugs and stuff like that and mm-hmm. under the influence. So we try to provide them resources. So somebody going to jail because of information you provide isn't a bad thing. You may be giving them the help and the opportunity to get help, right? To live. To live, right, brother? That's the biggest thing. You're trying to get them quality of life for an extended amount of time. Sooner or later, it's either you're going to OD or... or And here's the thing with what you're saying, right? You hear about the times more often than not, the people that die, right? Yes. What about, I guarantee that there's people that have done what you've done and people have survived and they got in recovery and they got off the the, the drugs. So there are success stories out there. Yep. You just hear about the ones in the community where somebody dies. Right. And I'm glad you brought that as a point because we got to stop being ashamed that if somebody overdosed, you're not going to say he wasn't feeling good or something with his heart, whatever, condition came in, so we've had to take him for testing and all this stuff. You're feeding yourself and BS. And people know. And people know. Well, now we do because we're now at, listen, in general, we're, yes. we're, we're, we're first generation Chaldeans sitting over here, right? Okay. So we were able to experience all these years and grow up with it. Chief story in Holly, he was the, the officer who, who put us onto that hopes, not handcuffs. You know, he made a point. Both of you guys have. You have made a point. It's not just your community, it's everywhere. But when you look at that chief who grew up with, a Cal, with the Chaldeans and got to see us evolve and says, I said to him, we lost about 24 people so far last year from this. 24 doesn't sound like a lot when you got 150,000 people in your community. But it is a lot because there's probably 48 that we didn't know about that went through this and recovered or are gonna die soon because nobody wants to talk about it. But he said, I can't believe your people inherited the filth of this country. So so he basically was saying to me, you guys are only short-lived here in, this United, in the United States and you already now started taking on what we've already experienced and are still experiencing. So again, there's no prejudice to this. It doesn't matter if you're Calgary. I want to say something about your guys' culture. You guys have an amazing community. Thank you. I'm talking about telling you what. Talking about when, when you guys rally about behind each other or something going on, yep. you guys rally. Yes. Unlike probably a lot of other communities. I'm telling you, I've seen it. I've been in law enforcement for 19 years. Sure. You guys have, and, and especially in Sterling Heights, huge Keldean based on the west side of our city. Amazing community. If you guys rally behind your, each other with this, yes. instead of trying to be yes. close the doors to it, yes. you guys will win. Yes. You guys will beat this, guaranteed. Yes, I agree, and I th- and I thank you for making that statement, and I also thank you for commending our community when it comes to that. That's the gift and the curse that we have. We want to all come together when it's good for this, this, 100%. and this, and Haram fight, yeah. but we gotta stop the whole thought that it's just dirty. You know what I'm saying? That it's just you gotta help them. It's your brothers and sisters. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, th- th- these are people. Would you rather feel like I did nothing and then I, and then I knew about it and then oh my God, they're gone? And then you sit there and you sit there and you drive and you sulk to yourself like, shit, could I have done something, right? Because that could be an impact on yourself. Like, damn, like I could have, but I didn't. What's the alternative? What's the alternative? Keeping quiet. Keep right? quiet. Don't say anything. Don't, don't do anything. What happens? More people die. More people get addicted. Yep. Right? And more families get affected. Exactly. Yep. And it becomes more accessible. You know, exactly. me and my husband get phone calls, I want to say every two weeks, sure. three weeks. We tell them what to do. and. But then it gets quiet. It goes on deaf ears sometimes. Yeah, and, and I get so angry, and I'm like, you know, the help is there. Like, I had a mother that called me for a 14-year-old child, and I'm like, you have the ability. You can do something. You're the adult. Yeah, you can do something. It doesn't, nobody in your family has to have an Just, addict. We want you. Or, 
We just need people to, <laughs> to educate them sure. and for our future. Who cares? Who ca and if exactly? And even if they do, who cares? To learn about the Narcan, Narcan. To learn, you know, if Lieutenant Mario can be there and speak. I'm sure he would, you know, speak yeah, about it. Yeah. You know, just to educate and be all there take, and support. We all know? take any opportunity to do yeah. this stuff. Sure. We you would know? love it, but it's like if, but if you guys up. can't be there, we can't do anything. I was doing a talk at a church about mental health, and there was 15 people that showed up. Well, what's nice about what you guys all committed today and to be able to do this, people can watch this in their privacy, yes, their own absolutely. home, and they, yeah. can, they can learn without having to feel the sure. shame of coming in and seeing others publicly and admitting there's a problem in their home. But, sure. but that's what we're trying to say is like, who cares? Who cares? Well, of course. They they should should have, have, reach out to one of us. What if somebody watching has a question? They want reach to ask to me. Reach out to one of us, please. Then, then you know, hopefully you'll allow so, them to reach out to you. And, well, and, and well I have them. you guys all on email, right? You guys mm -hmm. have all been grouped. I don't know if you've been receiving mine or yeah. not. Okay, I just want to make sure something goes to spam or whatever. But what, what, I, what we Junk do him. is we end up having um, on, the, on the bottom of our YouTube all resources of that interview. Yeah, so whatever you guys want to send to us for us to be able to put on there, whether it's a business line for you for someone to reach out or your email, if they want like to reach out to you, cell phone, or direct information it's, it's from each and every one of you guys, we are going to post it and put it on there. So like Anthony said, if in, you're in your convenience of your own home and you don't feel like telling somebody there, look at the bottom of that YouTube and tell somebody on there. Right, and we have people since, so we did reach out to a few people, other people, to uh, have on the panel. Um, one recommended Rami, and uh, there are others that are willing to, that have sure. recovered, that, that, that yes. don't have the, the, the guts that Ronnie had, I mean, I'm yeah, sorry, Ronnie. Rami the had wit, be The wit, yeah, because yeah. hey, that, that are willing to, that, that are willing to mentor Anyone. I'll mentor anyone, absolutely. And, the, and these people and are the same. So if anyone out there is looking for help or re needs help, get a hold I, of us. I we'll put mouth. you in touch with like, these people. I didn't mean to. And they're willing to sit you down and counsel you as much as yep. they can. Yep. Especially somebody like, like Lieutenant Mario, who can give you the law enforcement side to say, don't be scared to come to us. Don't be afraid to tell us when we come to you and they're laid out on the ground and we've just hit them with some Narcon. Let, let us know what happened, how it happened. And it's okay, again, you're saving a life. And not just your own kids. When you tell, when you speak on why and how it happened, you're, you're going to save maybe my children's future, his children's future, any of your kids that are sitting over here. Because now the whole point of it is that he said, we're going to go after the person who sold this. And we're going to figure a way to get to that person. So that person doesn't kill the next person. And that person is now behind bars. Yeah. So, so if you if you have if someone if you had your child in the room, say a grown twenty year old, and somebody came and punched him in the face, would you allow them to punch them in the face? Absolutely no. Not. So allowing that person to sell them that the narcotic is sure. really you're enabling the you're letting that person punch your child in the face. Wait, where? Don't sure. allow that. Don't don't yeah. allow that person to harm your child. Stand up for your child. Report yeah, the person. Going. And get that person off the street. And again, that information can be 100% confidential. Sure. You know, we're not going to tell anybody that that you provide that information to us, and we're able to put somebody into jail. No one's going to know. That information, any tip, anything that we can get that we can follow up on, we're going to go after. We're going to pursue it aggressively. Sure. We have a lot of officers that dedicate them their lives to fighting this problem okay. and putting people, bad people, in jail. Okay. It's it's it, it, any little any pill of any pill can be the death the, the, yeah. the death death dose that you you don't yeah. know that one shot or any yeah, yeah.
my shot shot, right? Do you the have anything as a, as, a, as a mother you want to convey to our community? Talk and, to the parents. Yeah, talk to the parents. Do you just want to let them know? Just be open about it. Speak about it. Yep. You know, be aware of your uh, child's friends, surroundings, behavior. Um, behavior. Yep. Um, chime in. Yep. Well, you're open, you're open arms, mean, too. They know, can reach out to you reach, and ask they you. They can reach out to me anytime. Yep. You know, just Stephanie's amazing to you. Be open to, to them. Uh, it'll help. They, if they need help, don't be ashamed of it. You know, no family's immune to this. Sure. You know, it can happen to any family. Brandon was a, an amazing child. Grew up with a great, you know, junior you know. Sure. Is, is there anything you, you, can, you, you, can t you can say to the parents that you, again, we say just another step further you may do today that you learned that you didn't know that was there before, I mean, or, or, or would I've you do it all Vivitrol over again? I did the shots, I did the Naltrexone So you would do it all over again the same I way you did it? it. I would do it. There's the nothing. Way. I even did the Naltrexone implant on him. I I did anything and everything. I think yeah. I did everything and everything. I guess the, the message you is guys do always everything do. and everything. I would, don't give up on your child. It's Sometimes it's just in God's plan. It's in God's plan and at some point, like he's God's child now. Yes. This we just got to remember not to enable. Sure. That's the biggest thing. Sure. And the parents just can be a little bit at fault, too. You know, I'm sure nice I have car. faults, and I'm sure I've done things wrong. Me, so We're not here to say faults. No, because, again, they, yeah. it's an experience that you I took mean, on. There's... Nobody's I mean, perfect. Is, is there a real handbook how to completely know. fix no. the problem? Sure or it's a parent, stories, you know? Or it's a parent. There is no, there is no handbook on any of that. He's your you, child. You can do They're the best that you can by the education of what you guys provide to educate us, right? Absolutely. We can take those steps. Just but again, when you see that first <coughs> sign, don't wait. Maybe that's what, maybe I waited just that one month or that two months yep. and Maybe it, it escalated. Yep. That, immediate that help. One don't month, shun it. Immediately don't help it. And I think that two months it escalated. No, yeah. he's not. It did. And I yeah. think that two months it escalated. It can wow. escalate in a day. In a day, exactly. Mm. Because he goes to that friend and that friend goes, oh, I'm out of that shit or that crap. Yep. yep. Why don't you try this stuff? This Ooh. stuff is good, bro. This stuff is, and that's how I think it started. It escalated from this to You know, this to I don't this. got this stuff. This stuff is good. Wow. You know, it starts from, you know, sniffing or shooting or, you know, it starts from Xanax and, you know, or whatever it is, mm -hmm. you know, uppers and downers. Sure. Because that's what it is. It's uppers and downers because that's how they become functional. Sure. You do uppers and downers, correct? Sure. Uh, yeah, well, I, yeah. 10 years ago, yes. I mean, yeah, I, mean so. I mean, not now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you do yeah. it, right? But more I'm downers. Not, more downers. There's still things actually. that I still educate my stuff with. I would say. I'm not, you sure. know. As well as them, all three of them oh, no. sitting on this right Absolutely. now. You guys are experiencing stuff that's new. Listen, I'm over 40 years old. He is too. We didn't grow up oh, thinking this or seeing nothing. this. You know what I'm saying? So that's how you know so much time has changed that, like, it's this today. Tomorrow is going to present himself present itself with another one. We were fighting the war on drugs and marijuana 20 years ago. Junior, today we're like, we're like in an epidemic with crisis on, on, on opiates. It's awful. And, and it's hitting it's everybody. Junior, what would you say to parents? You know, um, one thing that I really like is have 60, 10-minute conversations instead of one 60-minute conversation. So continue to talk about this with your kids. One thing that I grew up um, always hearing is um, addiction is genetic. And if it happens in your family, or if it's happened to anyone in your family, it can happen to you. You know, we have like a 50% chance if we have mm -hmm. someone in our family that struggled with addiction. And so that's always been in my head and always in my mind. Um, 
I think another thing just to kind of reiterate with parents that have people that are already struggling is there are options for treatment. They don't have to wait. They can call the access line. They can go to Hope Not Handcuffs. If they have health insurance, you turn around your health insurance card. There's a number on the back of it. Literally, it will say, like, if you need help for mental health and substance use, call this number. You can call it and start the process. It just takes those steps. Um, you can call Stephanie and yeah. even just come see someone at like a clinician and they can help you through the steps or get a peer recovery coach. There's a lot of options yeah. and I think that's where like it gets difficult because there isn't just like a one-way approach, but we have to do something. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Lieutenant, what would you say to that? Yeah, Lieutenant Mario, what do you got for the community parents. and the parents? Yeah, I think it's the same thing. It's just, you know, staying informed, uh, communication's key and education, you know, starting young. Uh, if you if you're, you're past that, kids are in high school, whatever else, still education, being involved in your kids' mm -hmm. lives, right? Mm -hmm. Communication. Realize, Very involved. Realize we have to make a living and everything else, but what's more important than family? So spending that time, knowing what's going on with your child, picking up the signs whether they have an addiction problem or not, and then doing something about it and not being ashamed about it. Sure. Yeah. That's, what about that's you, That's one thing about. I'm sorry. I'm sorry no, go ahead. About Brandon, like. He was very close to me and his dad. And sure. you know, so like, like when he would relapse, he would be like, Mom, you know, he, they're, they're tired. Mm -hmm. It's exhausting. I remember crying to my mom all the they're time. Ex Helping it's exhausting. It's, trying they're to jump tired. out your skin and just end Mom, it. I'm tired. Yeah. You know, I need help. You know, they don't, it's just Give them all the help at that point. They do just be there and support them. But like I said, as soon as you see that first sign, Get help. Absolutely. Get help. Get help. Don't wait that day, that hour, that that minute. That minute. Every second counts. Yeah. Steph, anything you Every got to say for the, for the I mean, community? I mean, honestly, they all said it, but really just like being aware, mm -hmm. getting help. Sure. Don't be prideful. I, I'm sure you would agree. You would rather see your child in rehab than any, any anything yeah. like this. Yeah. That, so get them help, whatever it takes, anything and everything. Mm -hmm. I just want to say that this is a very winnable thing, right? Yes, sir. We are seeing over the last three years, four years, we're seeing the numbers decline. Beautiful. Yeah, okay, awesome. we're seeing the overdoses and the deaths decline in our community and nationwide. Great. So we're going to continue doing what we're doing till sure. we win this battle. Sure. So it's it's it, but it takes it, it takes everyone. Yes, sir. Right, and being informed and being a part of the problem yes, and sir. part of the solution. So. Yes, sir. What about you? What do you want to say to, uh, to the parents? Uh, I would say uh, it's going to be the hardest thing you'll ever have to do in your life. Absolutely the hardest thing. Harder than running a marathon, harder than earning millions of dollars, harder than anything. And you just have to stick it out, stick it out, stick it out, take the hard road, take the support, and just keep going, keep going. Don't enable, don't fall, and um, build them up the right way, not the wrong way. Not with money, not with cars, not with things, not with... Uh, desires and materials with you, with your presence. That that will, that will do so much more. Awesome, awesome. Do you guys have anything uh, as we're closing out right now? Is there anything that we may have not touched on? Any support or anything comments that you'd like to give the viewers uh, before we take off from this interview? I'd say definitely call me if you're a young man struggling. I can certainly help you. Young man or woman, right? Young man or woman struggling, but especially yep. like for that place, yep. I would say you know um, a lot of people could benefit from it, and it would make you very successful. Um, and the rates are good. Awesome. So yeah, and if you want to just talk, I'd be happy to talk. I'm not going to judge you. 
Um, and I, there are other options. I won't include that. There are shorter options than that yep. and other places that I think are good. Good. I sure. like Dawn Farms, so I'm not a big fan of it. There's different, there's yeah. different rehabilitation centers yep. that do better things. Yep. And like Hope for Handcuffs, they're big with Dawn Farms. There's certain places that are better to guide them to. Okay. That's awesome. And we'll include, we'll include a lot of stuff you guys are saying. So if, if any of the viewers want to reach out to them, you guys are welcome to. Um, they've all offered the help. That's huge. Nobody's getting paid at this point in time. Everyone's We're looking not. just to be able to give, you know, <laughs> to, to give the assistance, you know, in with this. Um, and nothing wrong if you do have to pay for some of them, because some of them are professionally um, um, equipped to be able to handle you in that manner. Uh, again, anything you guys want to, any messages or anything? Anything think, you want to add? Anything you want to add? I think you guys did a great job. I want to thank each and every one of you. Each and every one of you has given a sigh that needed to be said, and with your work, our work, this work, we hope that we can save um, one life or more just by doing this out here today. So Absolutely. we commend each and every one of you guys. Face your own battles every day to deal with this. It's got to be toll-taking, right? It can't be easy just seeing somebody go through hell. You're raising them back to heaven is what you're doing by getting them out of this situation. So, again, thank you again. Um, we will get this out there and let everybody see. Anthony, anything you want to close out? No, I just want to thank all of you for being thank here. You thank you. Thanks for having us. You guys all take care. Thank you for your strength for being here. Yep, thank you. Yep, thank you. Thank you. Well, everyone, we're signing off right now with this wonderful group. Hopefully, this message gets sent out and you guys can get this out there and share it with everybody. Uh, we thank you and we're signing off with Keeping Up with the Calvinians. Have a good one.